Hello, Vivi here, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 7 of my podcast, In the Works. This is a podcast dedicated to those navigating their 20s so that we can feel supported and accepted while on the journey of becoming our healed, healthiest, and happiest selves. Thanks so much for being here. I've been quite honest about it. A personal struggle that I've shared is my self-confidence, and I'm sure I'm not alone on this one. Especially in our 20s, confidence can be a struggle. How can we be confident and show up powerfully for ourselves when we don't even know who we are? How do we stay confident while in search of who we are? How can we remain confident but not cocky and self-assured? while still being humble? These are some questions we'll uncover today. I have the best guest to talk all things confidence, and her name is Sydney Zidarvich, AKA Sydney. Sydney is a recent graduate from Oregon State where she studied digital communications and marketing. She's held many jobs in her time, but a highlight is being a sports journalist during her last year at Oregon State. She's recently moved back to our hometown of San Diego, and moving forward, she can see herself getting into TV broadcasting and eventually becoming a talk show host. Other than what she does and what she aspires to do, Sydney is a great friend of mine. We've been friends since middle school, and I've had the joy of growing up with her. She's someone that's seen all versions of me, and I've seen all versions of her. And when I think loyalty, I think of Sydney. She is a forever friend and a place of comfort for me. I remember talking about how I don't have friends, (laughs) but I was like, no, that's not true. I just have to pay attention to the few that show up for me, even if they have nothing to gain. And one of them is Miss Sydney. Let's give a warm welcome to Sydney. Oh my gosh, that was so sweet. That was so sweet. Also, I have so much to gain from you. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm around. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, Sydney. She's the best, and you'll know why after this episode. She is the perfect person to talk all things confidence. Ever since we were little meatballs, You've always seemed to be unafraid of what others think. I don't know if that was completely true, but that's just how you acted. You were the girl that dressed, however, dyed your hair, spoke your mind, and seemed to remain sure of themselves no matter what was going on. That's so, like, (laughs) weird of you to say, because I always felt so unsure of myself. Um, I always kind of felt... Um, like that underlying anxiety or like insecurity of like, maybe people don't view me in this way because, um, I am such a certain way. (laughs) Um, but in the end, I always have thought that it was kind of worth it. Like kind of not putting out, but like pushing out the confidence, especially when I didn't feel that I was. 
because as cliche as it sounds like fake it till you make it it like it really truly does work that way um and I think it's important to always even especially like when you're unsure of yourself to find things that you are confident in like about yourself and that's so crazy to hear that you felt some waves of insecurity or anxiety when you put like you put out a front that you weren't you know and when you walk into a room, you just naturally captivate everyone. And it's one of my favorite features about you. And I'm sure confidence is one of the most attractive features to a lot of us listening. So I'm so happy you're here. And I'd love to, of course, lead this conversation with some questions, but I'm open to however you want to take us today. So The first question I have for you is how do you define self-confidence, self-love, and self-assurance? I I think that's, I think it's very personal. You know, self-confidence, it's something that took me a very long time, actually, because it's one thing to kind of convey like confidence and kind of like show other people but to like truly like have it in yourself like that did take a lot of work and um I think self-confidence is being proud of who you really are like you're looking at yourself in the mirror and like faults and all like I am proud of the things that like I know I can say I was wrong about that and I learned this lesson and that makes me more confident in the next decision I make because I know exactly what kind of person I am. I don't kid around about it. Like I know exactly what kind of person I am. Um, And I think that also goes hand in hand with self-assurance because I'm realistic with myself. And so the things that I know I can be 100% confident in, I am. And the things that I need help for, I'm confident in the fact that it's okay to ask for help. And I think that's such a huge thing. People thinking like confidence and asking help or show is like a sign of weakness, but it's not. It's such like a good leverage to be more confident in yourself when you can say like, I don't really get that. Like, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know what that means. And, and I just, I think it all really ties together in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think self-confidence is knowing yourself, you know, and like you said, confidence is personal. It's a subjective experience. When you hear the word confidence, what do you initially associate it with? Like as a woman, we recently saw the Barbie movie, (laughs) Um, but as a woman, appearance is undoubtedly important. Do you initially relate confidence with your looks, how you dress, your hair, your makeup, or is your initial reaction, oh, like, I'm so smart, look at my level of education, you know, my work accolades? On a very surface level, like a very superficial level, the first thing I do think of, whether I realize it or not, is like, does that person look, like, physically look confident to me, like, do they stand up straight when they talk to me? Are they looking me in the eyes? Like what kind of diction, what kind of poise? Like those are subconsciously things that I clock. Um, But I also think it's the manner in which somebody speaks to you. 
and that has nothing to do with level of education um, because everybody has different paths and things like that. And believe me, I do think there is confidence in that. Um, but I don't think confidence should be so heavily weighed based on how much you do or don't know, but your ability to express what you do and don't know. And to be able to be so comfortable with understanding that like other people, when you walk into the room might be smarter than you and they might be prettier than you, but you know what, you have these skills and these attributes that like other people don't carry as well. And you are valuable for that. Those, those things. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little bit of both, but I think right off the bat, I think it's most commonly like you look at somebody and they go, Oh, you look very confident. And I think that's where most people like, I do think that's why growing up, it I was like, oh, you looked so confident walking in. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> oh, yeah. And something that I've learned over the years is that confidence isn't loud. It's silent. It's knowing you don't need to speak to Absolutely. prove yourself, you know? I, I That's actually a very, very good point and something that I've like kind of reflected on a lot in the last year is um doing things in silence speaks so much louder because you can scream all you want but most people won't listen to that you know what I mean um but to take a step back and take care of yourself and like once you are on this journey that's when people really start to notice like oh this type of person is doing this project. Like, you didn't really hear them talk about it. Well, because they promoted it and they did it in their, their own journey, in their own way, taking, you know, it, it's not about everybody else. And I think that's also a huge part of confidence is it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that I want to bring up is that confidence is a mindset. You know, it's like, it's not a body type. Like oh, a lot of us women could feel when I think of that me that I'm, I want to be, I'm not thinking about what the body looks like, what I'm eating, <laughs> um, how much I weigh. I'm thinking about how happy she is. And I hope that she recognizes her strengths, but also her weaknesses. And I think that's something that's so exciting about being like you know, any individual in this time, like, of our lives is, like, seeing all the things that, like, we can grow into, like, these people, like, this is not us for forever. And I have so much confidence in that, in that, like, mm. the issues that I'm having today are the person that maybe, like, I wish was a little different today, like, tomorrow and, like, the future. And, like, I can be the person I always, like, hoped and wanted to be. Yeah. Confidence is surely a mixture between nature and nurture there's a part that's you know biological and genetic but there's also the environmentally influenced part of confidence how did your upbringing negatively or positively affect you and your confidence growing up I think a lot of it I think a lot of it was the environment that I came up in um Ever since I was young, um, I've always kind of liked to 
be the center of attention. Um, I, <laughs> and there's, there's no easy way to say that. Um, I always loved having it kind of be about me. I think my environment had like a huge impact on the way that my confidence is. Cause yes, I've always, I used to do ballet. I was the first, like, I don't even know what they first, pos not position. I was always first in line. <laughs> um, I was always center stage. Like I always liked having those eyes on me. Um, and it helped to have parents that really pushed me in that manner that understood that I liked those things. Um, but also gave me this like looming, like I have to meet this expectation every single time because this is the way that it's always been. And this is like the standards everybody around me expects me to be at. Um, and then I started doing pageants. She <laughs> was also like great for confidence and such a killer for confidence because on one hand, I met so many beautiful women that were just so confident and so strong-minded and so strong-willed. Um, and it really, like, being around that energy, like, it really did make me more confident walking into the room and, you know, how to do an interview and all of these, like, little things. But at the same time, there was always this, like, looming, like, they're more confident in what they can do than I am. Like, they know it better than I do. Um, and I, I think it kind of gave me a complex as well, as supportive as it was. It was just as harmful because then I was always wondering, well, can they see through my facade that like, I don't think I should be here. And to like, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, no, you have to like pick yourself up a little bit more. It was also so important and so healthy because like nobody else could get me out of that mess because everybody else is already supporting me. Um, and so it, it, in that sense, I think the environment really did help with the confidence. I also think it caused problems that forced me to grow through mm -hmm. like, the confidence. Yeah. Is there a... I guess, like, specific event that you would want to share that was tough for you to navigate? And I guess you came out on top, you know, like you didn't let the insecurity yeah. affect you. The thing about confidence that, like, I am, like, I always struggle when I talk about it is, like, for instance, right now in this situation, like, the number one example that comes to mind is is within the beauty pageant but that is like my confidence was my dress isn't as nice as theirs but mm -hmm. at the end of the day that didn't matter it was mm -hmm. it was the person underneath the dress um and I, and that is a great story and that does you know I I guess I did come up on top but also like there were moments where I felt when I, in, in high school, when I worked for the newspaper, um, there were a lot of times where I felt like, I don't think I can pull this off. I don't know how to ask for the help that I need. And um, I just really lost like my faith in my ability to do the things that I knew I could do because I felt like there was a lot of pressure from other people and I didn't want to let anybody down. And taking things step by step and telling myself like and reassuring myself, like you do know the drill. Like you do know what mm -hmm. you're doing. Don't doubt your capabilities. Don't doubt your mind and um, like yourself. It, it was a huge one. It, and 
I think one of those moments of writing and having to be so sure of yourself and putting your name on it, not just like physical appearance wise, like I feel like it's easier to feign confidence when they can see you, whereas mm-hmm. like you're putting your work and your your passion into something. I feel like it's a different level. Like you need more confidence there because this is like your whole being, not just like, oh, this is what I look like. Like these are my words everybody's reading. And what if everybody hates them? And what if everybody reads it and they think that I'm stupid? Or what if everybody, and I have to tell myself, I didn't get into this position because I don't know anything. I didn't get into this spot because I just, what, sat here and pretended to be pretty? Like that wasn't it. And so like have the confidence of like, I do know my shit and I'm just as smart as everybody else is in the room. And I am capable of taking everything one step at a time. I think that was a huge confidence boost for me that like led into my career and how I went about like just interacting with other people. Yeah. And I think your example with working for the newspaper in high school, it's like when it impacts your intellect it almost hurts more than if somebody were to comment about your appearance like at the pageant did you ever feel like because you were at a pageant people thought that you were a certain way because you did pageants is there a stereotype there that you felt like wasn't correct that's such like an interesting question because for a very long time um, I thought of myself so as like, I'm not one of those beauty pageant type of girls. And to be mm-hmm. quite honest, thinking of myself now, like I wouldn't have ever called myself that. And, and, and seeing me now, even though I very much am, like I very much am, but like to me, myself and I, like I wasn't a part of the stereotype. Um, and so I think I surprised myself the most out of that like everybody was like yeah of course you're this you're this brilliant woman that like goes and talks on the stage and you you do this and you walk across and I was like I feel like I'm not the type of person to do that like I'm not the type of person like wow you should look up to them and they should be your role model because of this and everybody was like well why wouldn't you see yourself that way Mm -hmm. and I was like you kind of got a point because if I've done it why shouldn't I (laughs) feel like I've done it that credibility for the most part, I've, and I, I know it's not the same for everyone, and maybe it's the path that I went through in pageants, I felt like it was very empowering. Um, I know some people are like, might say something negative, or, oh, maybe they're dumb, or things of that nature, but everybody I met was honors, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just doing this activity and this activity, and we're also helping our community. It really inspired me so much to go maybe I should do more I think the only person that was surprised by the stereotype was me not thinking that I could fit in or should fit in yeah yeah something that I struggle with is finding confidence within myself because that's you know the true type of confidence but to get anywhere in the world it feels like you need to be approved yeah. by everyone else to get this job. They need to think that I'm good enough. It doesn't matter what I think, really. It matters what they think. For me to win the pageant, the judges need to think 
that I deserve to win. So how do you balance like that external and internal validation for confidence? I think that is the struggle with it, no matter how old or how young or um, I, I think that's always you against the world is always kind of the internal struggle, unfortunately, um, because it is hard to, to separate it sometimes. Sometimes I do let all the external feelings kind of get the best of me. And I'm like, everybody is judging me. And, and honestly, that is the truth. Everybody is. Everybody everywhere is looking at you. Um, as much as like I tell myself, like nobody cares. Like people in the situations that you've said in a job interview, these pageants, like there are certain people out there who watching you with every eye and telling you whether or not you're good enough. And at the end of the day, no matter what any of those people say, you should be so excited and so proud and feel confident that you did it anyways, even if you didn't make it to the very top. Because you get to say that you did it and you should be confident in the fact and your you should be confident in your ability to try. Mm. I think that's a huge one. To, to be so confident in your ability to try and fail. Because you're not going to be great at everything. And that was something that was really, really hard for me to learn. Um, because there were some pageants that I just did not win. <laughs> you know? And that yeah, didn't make yeah. me any less beautiful or any less smart. Um, or any necessarily any less qualified. I just wasn't my time or my place. And that didn't make me a less of a good person or anything of that nature. And it, and it was a hard hurdle to be like, well, why am I not up on the stage then? And it's hard to also realize and like to have the confidence that like sometimes other people are just like better than you. And I know that that's maybe not the best way to word that. But like I said, everybody has their own strengths. And sometimes mm -hmm. those strengths shine brighter than other people's. And that doesn't mean, oh, you should stop. It means you should find an area that you can use your strength so that way you can be this top level dog or whatever it is um, that you're, you're, you're going towards. But you have to be confident that you can pick yourself up, especially when yeah. you fall. And that's hard. That's hard. And I find that the biggest way to like reassure myself is to continually put myself in positions where I'm not so sure of the outcome because I find that when I'm too comfortable and I'm overly, it's almost, it is cocky and it's, it's not humbling. Um, and you need those humbling experiences in order to be confident. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time we just try to protect ourselves. It's easier to pretend that you're capable of something versus actually seeing if you're capable. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to bring up today is social media. So social media leads to or can lead to a toxic spiral of comparison. We ask ourselves, what has this person accomplished? What job do they have? Who is this person hanging out with? Who is this person dating? The list can go on and on, but for you, when you catch yourself in this negative spiral of comparison, how do you control the 
intrusive thoughts and come back to yourself, accepting and loving where you are and who you are in your journey. It's definitely not easy and it definitely does happen. I personally always find myself when when I find myself in these negative loops, I and it's something I've always done since high school and I and maybe it's cuz I grew up with social media like throughout high school and like some people, you know, haven't. Like my sister's never lived without social media technically. Like she's just always been in an age where like it's around. Um mm-hmm. but I delete everything. <laughs> And I know that seems a little extreme, but sometimes I just need to turn off all the noise and really focus on like, what is it that is bothering me so much that, that I feel this way? Is it because they're in a place that I'm not? Because if that's it, then like, what do I need to do to get to those steps? Is it because they have a job that they're happy with and I'm not? Well, maybe I should work on that. And taking the time to really reevaluate and focus on like, what is it that I want? And like, why am I feeling such a way towards people who are just living their lives and expressing that they're having a good time? And a huge thing that I always have to remind myself too, is this is just the parts that people want you to see. I am like notorious for just like spewing every thought and problem that goes through my head. And like, that is a way for me, like an outlet for me, um, to kind of hear myself talk about what's going on and be like, well, that's kind of unreasonable. Like, why are you feeling that way about this? Like, but I, I think taking a step back is huge and reevaluating and like focusing on yourself. Cause at the, for me personally, whenever I get into these moods, it's always a jealousy thing. It's a jealousy thing of like, they look better than I do. She looks happier than I do. Like they're doing this and I'm not doing this. I have to remind myself like that doesn't necessarily mean that like they're happy and that doesn't mean that I'm unhappy. They're just posting about things and you're not. And like, and there's also like the, the, the instant gratification of it all. And I think that's the biggest part for me. I had to turn off all notifications because I was like so obsessed with like do people like this picture like these people aren't liking this picture as much as they're liking this picture so that must mean that they don't like me as much it has nothing to do with any of that it has nothing to do with any of that and this isn't a popular like it's not high school and I think Mm -hmm. that's what growing up being in this position has like taught me so much is that like yeah that's great that you're doing this do you I really care like in that I know that sounds so harsh and negative um but especially to those people that like I followed on Instagram in high school and I don't really even know them and I'm letting their lives and how their lives are going like affect me because I'm letting myself compare them to they took a different path and they did different things to get to where they wanted to be and I didn't do those same things so why am I comparing myself to a path that I'm not even on yeah yeah (laughs) it's so crazy when I'm in that headspace, I just have to remind myself, you know, I'm not ahead. I'm not behind. I'm just on the path that I'm creating. And we're not supposed to be on someone else's timeline or else we would all be the same. <laughs> the hardest thing for me to learn um, is that like I'm not ahead or behind because for mm-hmm. so, well, even in high school, um, 
you know, oh, you go to a four year after, after high school. Um, and I remember going into college and I was like, and I, graduating high school, I had what, a 4.2, like I was on my shit. And then yeah. I got to college and all of a sudden, like the priorities were not the same. And I was living life a little bit differently and I fell a little bit behind and I started only going part-time because I was trying to get residency and then the pandemic happened. And so then I was doing all of it online and I got pushed back a whole year and I really beat myself up about it because I'm like, I was only, it was only supposed to take four years and now it's taking me five. And I really felt like I let myself down and I feel like I let my parents down because I'm their firstborn kid. Like they thought that this is the boat that they were getting and now it's taking me extra time. And did I lead a bad example for my brother and my younger sister who have yet to get to this spot? Like the fact that it took me so much time, like I sat back and the, I talked to my mom about it. I remember being really stressed and crying about it. And she's like, Sydney, you're doing it, aren't you? Like, what more can anybody ask you? Like, you have the rest of your life to what? Work or do all these things? Like, it doesn't matter if it took you a little bit more time because did you enjoy the time? Are you having a good Mm -hmm. time? Like, would you change this time for anything else? And like, those are the things and the questions that really got me to thinking like, I guess it doesn't matter how long this path takes me. It really is about enjoying the ride. It is. You're not having fun. And if you're not enjoying yourself, and if you can't, and I know this is going to sound like, but you can't look at yourself in the mirror because you're not happy with the way things are going because of how you put yourself in this position. Like, that's the first thing I uh, that I would recommend, you know, like mm-hmm. taking. Because when I couldn't even spend time with myself and tell myself, like, this is what I want to do. And like, this is where I want to be. And, and you don't have to have a set path. You just have to have a next step. You yeah. know what I mean? And I feel like that's the huge part because I got to a point of like, well, why do I do anything at all? And then I'm not doing anything and then I'm unhappy. And then you're just sitting in this like negative loop. And to really pull myself out of that going like, okay, just like what's one thing you want to do? Like one thing that's going to take X amount of time and you get longer and larger projects and you get longer and longer things that you want to do that take up more of your time. And you find yourself like in this momentum of like, oh, I enjoy where I'm at and what I'm doing. And I can look at myself in the mirror and be like, damn, girl, you just did all that. Like, look at you. <laughs> I, I, And that's huge. Talking to yourself, everybody shits on it. I love talking to myself. Like, looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, girl, this might be tough right now, but you've got this. Like, yeah, maybe everything is falling apart right now, but take it one step at a time and it'll be fine. It always ends up fine. And I always have to tell myself that, especially when it's, like, clouded up here. I'm like, girl, just fucking chill, girl. Like, what is your issue? (laughs) Like, yeah, it'll work out because it has to. Because it literally has to. <laughs> and it always will. And it always will. Just have faith that the universe and, like, yourself, like, you're going to pick it up because there's no other way to live. You cannot, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you literally have to. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story, though, with you and your mom. <laughs> I think it's so wholesome. And I relate to it a lot because... I think people assume that it's my parents that put a lot of stress on me. And in some ways, yes. 
but it's mainly me and you've experienced the same thing. And I'm just like, where do these expectations come from if they weren't passed down from my parents? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I think I've noticed a lot more in myself recently, especially moving back with my parents, is like me freaking out about certain things. And my parents are like, where is this concern coming from and I'm like because you're worried about it my parents are like I've literally never expressed that I was worried about this I'm like well now I'm worried about it and they're like literally why and I've learned about myself recently is that I am very much I like I like to know the outcome of things I like the control aspect of things and I hold myself to a certain standard because of that um And I have to realize that, like, not everything's going to be perfect, that sometimes this bar that I set myself, of course, I should always strive for it. But sometimes that bar is unrealistic, even though it may seem, like, so perfect and, like, made up in your head. Because I, and I'm sure that you've felt this as well, you get, like, a momentum and you're like, this is the way I want it to go. And you hit this hiccup and you're like, well, the whole project's falling apart and I can't fix it and it's over and I don't want to do this anymore. But then it like eats at me because it's the only thing I can think about because I'm like, it has to be exactly how I imagined it. And mm-hmm. the, the, the truth of the matter is by the time that the project's done, I'm always pretty happy with it because I gave it 100%. And that is the most that anybody could ever have asked of me. And the only person I've ever really let down is me because it what I thought it could have been better but could I have physically done more could I have the answer is usually not at this point in time of my life but that's mm-hmm. why you keep improving and growing so that way this isn't the best work of your entire life like this is you only go up from this and in our 20s I think it's the perfect time to take all the risks and go after anything that we desire. We try to rush and think that we're adults. I mean, technically we are, but there's no need to rush into our 30s, 40s and thinking about, you know, taking care of a family when we don't, you know? Like, we don't need to settle down right now. Even your career isn't something that has... I guess, been from your family, like that your career choice isn't something that you've taken from your family. Was it hard for you to make that decision as to, oh, this is what I want to do with my career, even if my family doesn't get it the way that I do? Yeah, um, I'm in a, I'm in a wonderful position where They've always kind of supported me, no matter what I did. Um, And I think everybody kind of expected me to go on the path that I did, even before I did. Um, Interesting. Yeah, when I I was in, like, the second grade, I had a teacher tell my mom, oh, she's a really good writer. And that really, like, stuck with my mom. It stuck with her. She, like, held on to that. She's like, well, because you know so-and-so thinks you're a very good writer which she and herself like she's she's an okay writer but she's not nearly like in it to win it the way that I (laughs) I've been and then I actually 
I didn't know what I wanted to do career-wise for a very long time. I kind of just knew, like, I like doing this. Mm -hmm. And I actually had a teacher in high school who was like, your writing is strong, but, like, you have a good on-screen, like, personality. Have you ever considered, you know, taking this path? And I remember telling my mom, and she was like, that's fantastic. Like, that's exactly what you should do. Um even though she doesn't understand the ins and outs and my dad, he really doesn't understand the ins and outs. He's like, just like go and talk to somebody, you know what I mean? But I've always had the support and I know that Mm -hmm. not everybody gets the support in that way. And so I'm very Mm -hmm. fortunate for that. Um, For example, all of my, my, um, my aunt, my uncle, my mom's side, they're both medical field and my mom went into graphics and so that was a very big like disconnect for them and I think that is why she was so supportive of me doing whatever I wanted to growing up because she was always told like you should go into the medical field like she was the black sheep and she didn't and having this artistic side and my dad also being a little bit more artistic having the creativity that I do in this job I think they both really resonate with and they support me for that reason, even if they don't understand necessarily what it is that I'm, I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I said this in the intro, but this is something that I've struggled with. Um, we want to be confident, but not cocky. And we were told to be confident, but we still need to be humble. How have you been able to curate this healthy level of self-confidence. I feel like if I'm too confident and I come off too strong, like I don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. Or if I'm too soft, I'm not going to get where I want to be. Yeah. So how have you curated that healthy level of confidence that has served you well up to this point? Well, I first like to say that there are some people that I don't think would call it like a healthy level. Um, <laughs> um, True. I guess it's different, right? Per person. Um, but to me, you look like you have <laughs> a healthy level of confidence. I, I think what has helped a lot is... Um, is being transparent to be to be completely honest um and i know that might sound <laughs> like silly um but to be honest and be like yeah i do think i'm that bitch right now like what do you mean like why why wouldn't i think that like i look great like i do this like i am that bitch and then there are sometimes that i come out and i'm like you know what i'm just not feeling it today and i think showing that It's not just like, I'm always this, like, I think I'm the hottest shit on the block. Because I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. (laughs) Um, And being able to say, like, yeah, like, here are my good days and here are my bad days. But even on my bad days, like, here are the things that I can and will do always. I do know every day that, like, I'm not better than anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I never ever ever wake up and think I'm better than that I I think that's just purely such like a negative way to look at life and to look at myself and to look at the people around me because I do respect those people around me and that's a huge part of it I think too as far as like 
cockiness goes is showing like how much respect I do have for those around me still because I can be that bitch and also think you're that bitch you know what I mean it doesn't need to be a like I'm so hot and you're not situation because that's when it's too much that's when it's like ugh, like I can't stand you you think you're all that you're kind of a pompous this but when you see it in other people I think that's true confidence too to be able to be like oh I see the light you bring into the room. I see mm-hmm. this that I cherish so much in you. And I think that has been a great way. I don't know if curate is necessarily like the best word for me to use personally. Um, because it, it's how I think I build relationships that also help other people build confidence. Of mm-hmm. like, look at me loving somebody else like it's a good example of like oh you can love me and like spread that love yeah I love that what is an activity that makes you feel really confident getting asked to do projects like these to be completely honest because as much as I love doing these types of projects I don't go out of my way and ask people to be a part of them because I don't want to overstep that line of like I think I deserve this because I have so many qualified and knowledgeable people that you can ask to do these projects with you and even when I did the podcast uh, for my friend Andreas um, I had only been working for Orange Media Network for two months and he was like let me be I want you to be the first episode of this podcast and I thought that is like a crazy thing to ask me. Like that is a crazy thing to ask me. But the confidence that it gives me and the support that it makes me feel of like, wow, you also think I can do this. You're seeing something in me that like, for a while I convinced myself I only saw in me. It is very reassuring. And sometimes that reassurance is all that it takes, which I know can sound a little self-centered I do but at the same time with something like confidence it is just you like somebody else shouldn't feed you the confidence it should be like your own ability yeah which contradicts like somebody else giving me the confidence but but it it helps it's in a weird backwards way it's a loop and it works for me (laughs) no I totally get it it's a balance for sure Like, self-confidence is your journey, like, independent journey to be on, but people are supporting you along the way, and there's nothing wrong with that. My last question for you is, if you could give little Sid advice on building confidence, what would you tell her? To just hang in there. I, um, very specifically, I remember in the fourth grade, um, I ran for treasurer, um, for, like, student council. I did not get it. <laughs> Let's say that I did not get it. And, and honestly, I'm so glad that I didn't. That was a lot of work I did not want to do as a fourth grader. Um, <laughs> but I remember, like, campaigning and stuff like that and walking around with this huge sign. And, um... The sign is beautiful. My mom made it. It's kind of her thing. And it was so well done. But I remember walking around feeling so stupid 
And it's it, it and I truly like look back at it and I think of it as one of the most embarrassing times of my life. Um because I just felt so awkward and out of the loop, but the only reason I felt like that is because I made myself feel that way. Nobody else made me feel that way. Like it was something so internal and had I had the confidence to just like walk around and just like keep my head high, like I wouldn't feel so embarrassed about that moment. Um, and I and I think that's why it embarrasses me so much to tell now, because it's like if you just like tipped your head up a little bit and just kept walking, like maybe you wouldn't have won, but you wouldn't have felt like that. And mm-hmm. I wish I could tell myself like, yes, those feelings are valid, but those feelings don't stay forever like they are fleeing unless you turn them into something so much bigger, which I did. <laughs> it's like for me to still think of that. What is that? That is so how many years later is this i mean mean, like that's like a whole like 20 years later no that's not 20 like 12 how old was i in fourth grade eight no it had to be it's like what 15 years ago there's a reason why neither of us were math majors I didn't know. Sydney is 23 years old, and she just said that fourth grade was 20 years ago. Because meaning it, that she was three years old in fourth grade. Walking around, I was just the smartest fourth grader you literally ever met. <laughs> I'm a BA, okay? I don't. <laughs> I don't. Have. True. I just love stats. <laughs> just stats. Just. <laughs> Gosh. Well, that was a great way to end the, <laughs> end the episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Sid, do you have any last words to share with the In The Works listeners? Thank you so much for listening. I hope I made sense. <laughs> of course you did. Sid, I'd love to have you back on. You were so fun to work with and also interview. Thank you so much for being here and sharing this time with us. You are such a force to be reckoned with. (laughs) And I know that you know that, but I'm just here to tell you, like, I cannot wait to continue watching you grow and cheer you on. And I know you're going to accomplish everything that you set out to do. And I'm sure the listeners gained a lot of value from this conversation today about all things confidence. I guess we've made it to the end of this episode. It's time for us to tap into our excellence and create a meaningful life we can't wait to wake up to. I believe in you. Sydney believes in you. (laughs) And it's time for you to believe in yourself. Thanks so much for being here. And I look forward to hanging out with you very soon.